Welcome to the MLN, Men's Leadership Network podcast. So glad you could join us today. And this is a great podcast as we deal with issues that are pertinent for men. You know, God's called us as men to be leaders in our families, in our marriages, in our homes, but also in our community. And your leadership and my leadership impacts generations. And so often we're busy doing a lot of things, but are we really advancing the kingdom? Are we really making a difference for the glory of God? And are we leading well? And so that's what we want to do as men. And we hope to encourage one another and help one another in that process. Today we're dealing with a a really sensitive topic, but an important topic. And we're talking about dealing with the death of a loved one. And maybe you've been there recently, or maybe you've walked through the death of a grandparent or, or a parent, or maybe you've dealt with a crisis in your own life. Um, But we will all do that at some point in our journey, in our walk. And so how do we do that and how do we do that well? And how do we be the men who are spiritual leaders to help even our families and others walk through these kind of times? So I'm joined today by Nick Allen, our family pastor here at Rolling Hills. He's just an amazing man of God. And so Nick, I'm going to kind of turn it over to you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here today. Thanks. Um, And as we talk about this topic, it's um, death is 100%. I mean, yeah. we're all going to face it. We're going to lose somebody that we love, and then the people that we lose, that we love um, are, are one time going to lose us. Mm. And, uh, and so it's an important topic for us to deal with, particularly as men, yeah. and wrestle with really the emotional side of things, especially as you're talking about loss and grief. Um, we're going to flip things up today, and, and I'm going to interview you. You're wow. typically on the interview side, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot it's of fun to different. get to ask you. Yeah. And, and the reason being is because you recently uh, mm-hmm. went through a significant loss. Yeah. Um, and so tell us a little bit about the circumstances of losing your dad and what that was like. Yeah, so it, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. It's been difficult. I, I love my dad. I was really close to my dad. My dad fell um, you know, about three weeks ago uh, and broke his hip. And we kind of thought, well, it'll be okay, you know, and uh, took him uh, to the doctor, went to the hospital. The next day they scheduled surgery. They said, if we don't do surgery now, he'll never walk again. And mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just never came out of surgery. And, you know, we kept waiting and praying and thinking he's going to get better. Uh, but he ended up having a stroke. We were in the CCU for about five days and hospice for about six days. And then he went home uh, to be with Jesus on January 11th, 2016. So, yeah, it's recent. And uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I've never experienced. I'm usually, like you said, on the other side, walking mm-hmm. with people through dark times and tough times and dealing with grief. And yet... Now I find myself on this side, and uh, it's, it's been a different aspect in my own spiritual life and journey, but also just in ministry. Yeah. Well, tell, us about, tell us about your dad. Yeah. What kind of man was he? What did he do? What was life like with him? Wow. My dad was a great man, you know, and uh, uh, he just, he was amazing. He grew up on a farm uh, in Mississippi, uh, you know, but he had a great childhood, was, was blessed there, uh, ended up going to Mississippi State, and then went into the Air Force. Uh, played baseball on the national team, and so in the Air Force, they traveled around and played baseball most of the time, but the good thing about the Air Force was it took him to Texas, and when he came to Texas, he met my mom and said the best thing that ever happened to him outside of Jesus (laughs) is meeting my mom, and she's she's fantastic, and so uh, went to uh, work for a Diamond Shamrock Oil and Gas Company. My mom was a strong believer. My dad didn't really grow up. They would go to church off and on, but it wasn't a huge part of his life. And after he met my mom and then he met some guys at work 
who just loved Jesus. And so my dad uh, fell in love with the Lord. He gave his life to Christ. He was baptized. And you talk about a transformation. You know, and a lot of times you don't see that, that just stark of a contrast. But for him, it was. It was Jesus became his passion, his desire. And he loved church. He loved community. Um, he was just so in love with the Lord. And it, it, it impacted everything he did. Um, they were living in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, when I was born, I was their first child, and, and I was born with asthma. And so at the age of four, um, the doctor said, you're going to have to move, I mean, wow. you know, for, for your son. And, you know, I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember a little bit about being there. But I remember what a significant decision it was because my dad, the headquarters for his company were there in Amarillo. And so for him to move would be to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave my job if I have to, but my family's more important. And I've always respected that about my dad. And wow. so we moved to San Antonio, Texas. Um, by God's grace, the headquarters for Diamond Shamrock moved to San Antonio, Texas. So it really worked out. Wow. Uh, it's amazing how when you trust God, God just takes care of the details. That's right. And, uh, but he, my dad went to San Antonio the first Sunday. They went to a church, Trinity Baptist Church. And the very first Sunday they were there, they said, we're going to plug in. They joined the church. They started leading a young adult department. And... Uh, served there for 40 years. He was a deacon at the church for 40 years. And he just loved the Lord. He, my dad was a, a man's man. You know, he loved sports. So well, we grew up playing baseball. We grew up, you know, throwing the ball together. We grew up playing golf. We grew up going to Spurs games, San Antonio Spurs, huge fan. Um, but really what made him significant was that love for the Lord and his desire to, to follow Christ. And, and he did that well. Wow. It's incredible. I love hearing stories about him. Wow. Uh, tell us more about your relationship with him specifically, the father-son relationship that you guys had. Yeah. You know, my dad was a great dad. Uh, and I know a lot of people, and maybe you're listening, and you didn't have a great relationship with your father, and, and, and I'm sorry for that, you know. And I think what happens a lot of times is we project that onto God, mm -hmm. and I don't think we could do that. God is the perfect father. But I was blessed to have a great relationship with my dad. Um, my dad just was always there for me, and, and I remember he was at all my games, uh, and, and that's significant. I mean, so, you know, many of you guys are dads, I'm a dad, but just our presence, mm -hmm. it, it matters, and I can remember as a child growing up and knowing my dad was going to be there, and I just, I just knew he was going to be present for me, and uh, that meant so much of my worth and my value because of my dad. Uh, my dad and I were really close. I can still remember the first time I beat him in golf, which was a big milestone for me. Of course, I was 23 before I ever beat him in golf. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we just had a great time together. And uh, I remember when I moved to Tennessee, and I, that was a huge step in my life. And I was leaving Texas. I always thought I'd go back to Texas. But uh, came here, felt God's call to be a student pastor. And, um, and my dad was like, yeah, go. You know, this is what God's calling you to do. Um, I majored in finance and marketing in college, and I always thought my, you know, my dad was always pushing me toward business, but when I felt God's call, my dad was the first one to say, you know, you follow what God says. You trust him, and so that was, that was a big difference in my life. I, then, you know, when I was here and I felt God's call to, to plant a, a church, and I remember talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, I feel that, like God's called me to do this, and, and, and my dad was like, okay, what do we need to do? I'm, I'm behind you. You know, what, you know, we raise money. I'll call all my friends. We'll have them come over to the house. We'll cook fajitas. You know, we'll cast the vision and, and let them give money. Uh, but, you know, he just believed in me. And 
I tell you, it makes a difference when somebody believes in you. Absolutely. And I, I think for us as dads, I'm dad of girls, but uh, I think especially when you can just believe in your kids and they know somebody believes in them, uh, man, it changes everything. So I was blessed to grow up with a dad who, who believed in me. About three and a half years ago, my parents moved here to uh, Tennessee, and that was a big step. My dad was, they were 80, my dad was 81. They had me when, you know, they were in their early 40s, which was just kind of significant that they waited a long time to have kids. But, but my dad, I think he knew he was slipping a little bit just physically, and so he said, I want to be sure and get your mom where she's closer to you guys. And so they moved here, and they joined our church, you know, Rolling Hills, and they're probably 30 years older than everybody else, but they just said, you know, we're not going to sit on the sidelines. We're going to get involved. And so every Sunday, just coming in, and my dad, as his health went down, even being on a walker, but here he is at church and joining a community group and getting involved. And they had community. Uh, my dad was a great dad. He was also a great grandfather. And he, my awesome. girls loved Papa. You know what I mean? And they just loved being with him. His smile was contagious. Uh, he loved them very much, and so they'll always know that, that he loved them. And, and he would tell them that, you know, and I think that's big. It wasn't just, I'm going to show it, it's that I'm going to say it. And that made a huge impact on my girls. Mm-hmm. I can tell, there's a lot of things that you get from your dad, mm-hmm. and encouragement is one of those things, yeah. because you're great to do that for us. We, um, as a staff and as a team, and even as a church body, we've loved having your parents <laughs> here over the past couple of years, because they're so encouraging. Um, I made it a point to find them on a Sunday, because I was like, they're going to say something nice to me every week. And your dad well, they like, love you. Such a good guy. And I love I'm glad the girls got to spend so much time with yeah. them over the last couple of years. That's really significant. I remember when we had Mr. Jimmy Gentry come as an MLN interview. Yeah. If you missed that one, go back and try to pick it up. But he gave us some words that are really important to hear. And one of those phrases that's is, I'm proud of you. Mm. Um, and I remember that. I'm thinking, that's exactly right. That goes a long way in the life of somebody. It went a long way in your life. Oh, hearing yeah. that from your dad. It's going a long way in your girls' lives. We tell our kids that we're proud of them and that yeah. we believe in them. That's oh, incredible. Yeah. Well, I think everything in society, we're always comparing ourselves, right? We're always oh, absolutely. on Twitter or Instagram or we're looking at all, Facebook. And, and, and all the times we're comparing. And, and a lot of times we don't feel like we measure up because we're looking at everybody's highlight reel. And then we're looking at our own mistakes. And, mm-hmm. and yet we need people in our lives to go, come on. You know, God created you for more. God, you have potential. And look at this. And I believe in you. And so I think you're, I think it, you're right, Nick. And it that's matters. Just, it matters. It matters a lot. It matters. Well, talk a little bit about, um, you, know, you talked before about an earthly father and also that we have God, a heavenly father. How did you feel the presence of your heavenly father during all of this the last couple of weeks? Mm. You know, that, that's, that's a great question. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, being on the other side of, you know, you're usually walking with people, you're usually mm-hmm. in the hospital room praying over people as uh, a loved one is passing. And, and it was interesting being on this side. And, and I can tell you that this is true. I mean, it really is. Every word of it's true. And when it talks about the peace that passes understanding mm-hmm. that will guard your heart and your mind at Christ Jesus, uh, it's true. And there is a peace even in the midst of somebody that you love so much. And yet, I knew my dad's going to heaven. And there was a confidence to know that God has this. You know, it's not that, hey, he's, he's dying and I'll never see him again. It's he's moving into eternal life. He is going to be with Jesus. And, and that gives me so much confidence and, and hope. I remember one of the hospice, when we were in hospice and a brand new nurse, she walked into the room and and my sister and my mom and I were in there, and, and there were some other people from church that were in there. And she walked in, and the first thing she said was, you guys are Christians, aren't you? Hmm. 
And, and I said, how'd you know? And she goes, you know, I walk into a lot of rooms and there's just no hope. And she goes, it's sad. It goes, it's, it's depressing, but they're looking at their loved one and they're realizing they're never going to see them again. And she goes, it, it's so hard. And she goes, but yet I walk in here and she goes, there's hope. And I go, yeah, there is hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, we're all going to die, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this, this life is a vapor. But knowing that my Heavenly Father is sovereign, knowing that God is in control, and knowing that He is with us through this, it makes a difference. Um, I think the time of personal prayer, even in the midst of that, you know, just getting away from life in a lot of ways of what's important and what's not important, and resting in the Lord, it, it, there, there just came a peace um, that's inexplainable, uh, you know, that God is with us and God loves us and God is our Heavenly Father. I love so. that. Um, let's talk about that more. As men, we play a lot of parts. Mm. You have a lot of roles. Um, you're a son to your parents, yeah. um, a, a husband to Lisa and a dad to the girls um, and a pastor to us. In those moments, um, how do you balance your own grief? Because um, you're wrestling with a significant loss. Yeah. Um, but yet... Still do the thing you know you're called to do to be strong for um, others. Yeah. What is that like? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, it says in, in 1 Thessalonians, we do not grieve as men who have no hope. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if we really believe that, then it ought to dictate how we live and how we interact with others. That we do have hope and we do know. I mean, I... I know my dad's in heaven, as I said. I know, if you look in Hebrews chapter 12, there's a great cloud of witnesses. So, so there's times that I'm thinking, my dad is up there cheering us on, saying, way to go, Nick. You know, great things are happening in church. Great things are happening in kids' ministry. And yeah, my dad is, 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 is our biggest cheerleader. I think, so you have this own personal grief that you're dealing with of that passing, and yet you have the hope of knowing that God is sovereign and he's in control. But you have to be able to walk with, you know, now my mom, my mm -hmm. mom's alone, you know, they've been, they were married 58 years. Wow. Uh, so that's a huge transition, I mean, of, you know, walking her to her uh, home and closing the door and knowing she's by herself. And mm -hmm. yet I need to be there for her. I need to, she needs to know that emotionally there's somebody there to talk with her or be with her, you know, helping my daughters process this. Because... It's, it's hard when you're a child and you're going, that's somebody I loved and what happened and I don't understand. And then, you know, my wife. And, and so I think there is this call to, as men, we have to be the spiritual leaders. But we also have to deal with our own, you know, grief in that process in a way that's healthy. And being strong, I think, comes back to being with the Lord, understanding that there is more to this life, understanding that we do have hope, and understanding that we will see our loved ones again because of the grace that we have in God. I love that you put that on scripture. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by the words that come from God. And yeah. so and that's it. We get through these crises because we have God's word. Yeah. If you can relay that back to the scripture, that's incredible. And as men, we, are, we will walk our kids through grief. And yeah. Help them learn how to grieve and deal with loss. And so um, they'll model the way they deal with grief after the way we deal with it. So in that respect, way to go. I love that. Well, you know, and none of us... We're not perfect in any ways, no. you know, and all of us, and, and, and different people grieve in different ways, um, but there is something about, as a man, having your worth and your value in Christ mm -hmm. first, and a lot of times we put other people even above Christ, and mm -hmm. so when something happens to them, 
everything in our life is shattered. And when we get those priorities wrong, especially at times like this, it can wreck our entire life. And so always keeping that Christ is supreme, Christ is sovereign, Christ is the most important to me, and knowing him and growing in him, and he is my foundation, then when times like this come, then you go, okay, I stand on Christ. Absolutely. I love and I miss, you know, I miss my dad. I mean, there's times when, you know, something will happen, and I've thought recently, I'm like, I need to call my I can't call him. You know, it's like, I can't do that. But, man, I know I'll see him again, you know. That's cool. So. You know, it's, um, here's a good one. The, uh, we as men have a hard time um, needing others, maybe. Mm. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Like, it's, it's hard to <laughs> accept help. It's hard to ask for help. Um, how did other people rally around and support you during this? Mm. You know, that's huge because I think you're right. I mean, as men, we want to do it ourselves. We want to press on. We want to press through it. And especially times like this, you have to allow people to help you. If you don't, you'll just drown. And I mean, I think uh, people have been amazing. I mean, I love our church. Absolutely. Oh, I tell you, this is the most loving church. And, and to, for me to be able on, to be on the other side and to receive that and to see that has been a God moment for me. Um, but people have just come out of the woodworks to say, how can we help with kids? How can we help with food? How can we help with out-of-town people coming in? How can we help with funeral arrangements? How can we help? And I've had to let go of some of my pride and say, mm -hmm. okay, you can help. You know, because most of the time I'm like, no, I got it. You know, I'll deal with it. I'll make it happen. What are some of those other tangible ways? I mean, those, those physical ways like kids and food and travel plans and arrangements. But what are some of the other ways that we minister to others when, when they're grieving and when they're hurting? Yeah, you know, I think there's the power of presence. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, and I've even done this in my own life, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what to say. I don't know whether I should go to the hospital. I don't know. That's kind of, but, but there's something about the power of presence. I mean, that was a Jewish practice back then when, yeah, when yeah. somebody would die, you know, people would just show up and they would mourn, you know, the, you know, you mourn with those who mourn, you for know. For days. For days. Yeah. They would just sit and they wouldn't say anything. And I think all the time we're always worried about what am I going to say and, and am I going to say the wrong thing? I don't want to say the wrong thing. And so we get scared, so we do nothing. But yet the power of presence is so real. Just having people, whether they came to the funeral home or whether they came to the hospice or whether they came to, you know, buy our house or whether they just shot a text message or an email or they posted something, all of that matters, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and if I could encourage all of us in any way, um, whenever you have a coworker or neighbor or whether you have a, a friend who goes through a time of crisis, just reach out. You know, any little thing makes a difference. Whether it's a memorial gift or whether it's flowers or whether it's just showing up, it says, I care. I'm present. And that's huge, you know? I mean, back then they would come and they would sit, like you said, for weeks at a time. We're in a different society. We're in a different yeah. time. But even text message or, or just a quick hit says, I'm present and I care. That's great. And, uh, yeah, it's it's... It is. It is great, you know, because I don't know how you make it all alone, and yet we're not alone, right? God's with us, and God's given us community, and God's given us people around us. And if you don't have that, find it, you know? I mean, really, because you need people around you. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the memorial service that you guys had here was incredible. Yeah. You guys did such a good job. You did a great job um, honoring Christ and, and then celebrating the memory of your dad, and I love the stories that you told, your sister Kathy told, your cousins told, that was the, the nephews, that was neat to hear. Um, what, what's one thing you're going to remember the most about your dad? 
I think what I'm going to remember is how he loved Jesus and how he loved us as a family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, my dad, he did well in business, you know, and, and he had, was with the same company for 35 years. You don't hear about that anymore. But, uh, but, you know, he didn't have any of his awards in the hospital. He didn't have any of his trophies from baseball. Or he didn't have any of his, you know, um, anything there except his family and the Lord. And, and I think what I'm always going to remember is my dad invested in things that mattered. Um, and so often as men, I think we get caught up in life and the busyness and the craziness and we, we forget what really matters. And yet my dad, he was faithful. You know, he was faithful to my mom. He was faithful to us as kids. He was faithful as a granddad. He was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to church. That's what I'm going to remember. That's awesome. You know, it's that he loved people well and in turn people loved him well. You know, like you said, I mean, the memorial, we had a lot of people. And they'd only been here three and a half years, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of people here. And then we flew to Texas the next day and had a, a memorial service in San Antonio. And, I mean, there was 500-plus people there. And, I mean, you know, he's been gone for a while. And yet all these people, we stood in line for two hours receiving people. But it was the way he loved. And, you know, I think a lot of times as guys, we're thinking, i got to get you know, work overtime, get more money. My kids need more stuff. They got to have the latest technology or latest this. And they really just want us. Yeah. Man, I remember very specifically the letter that your sister wrote and read Mm. um, at the service about her dad. And the takeaway for me in that moment was, oh, that's the kind of letter I want my girls to read about me. Man, and that was, there's there's some legacy there. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But you alluded to this before. Um, This kind of dad, this kind of all credit to Jesus. This kind of godly man yeah. is um, is not every guy's story, you know. Not um, there's a lot of men out there um, that are wrestling with how to not repeat the patterns of their fathers and how mm. to break the cycles that they grew up in. And how do you, what do you say to those guys who are dealing with um, an aging father or even grieving the loss of a father that was um, a father who failed? Mm. What, what, is, what does that look like for us? It's hard. I mean, honestly, it is, because I think as guys, we want that role model. We want that provider, protector in our lives. Um, But what I would say is this, is you be that person, you know? You be that person that you never had. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, we can follow into the same footsteps, and we can go the same path, and we can become a a workaholic, or we can be a person that's not ever says, I love you, or we can get caught up in the the world or whatever else. but we come to a crossroads in our lives where we have to make a decision to say, am I going to live what my dad did or am mm-hmm. I going to be the man that I always wanted my dad to be? Wow. And I, I, there's such an opportunity there to change a family tree, to change generations. Absolutely. You know, this family tree is going this way and you're the one in that family that steps up and everything changes. And I think that's the power of Christ in us as men to impact so many people that will come after us that we won't ever see. But we can set that pattern. We can set that tone. And uh, so I would say I'm, I'm sorry you didn't have that. But I would also say you be, be that. that. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know, it's, um, we're all going to have to figure out how to find that perfection in our Heavenly Father. Yeah. You know, God can be that thing for us that maybe you never had. Um, and then maybe just to add to that is figure out a way to forgive yeah, um, if your dad's oh, still huge. living, or or even if he's gone, you know, maybe one of the things to do is just to model that forgiveness mm-hmm. and, and know that 
um, that we have a heavenly father and, and we can forgive our earthly fathers for their failures. Yeah. Because um, we have a God who forgives us. And that's pretty and incredible. That's, you know, that's big because one of, the hospi- one of the hospice nurses told us, she said, you know, is there anything that you guys haven't worked out with your dad? Is there any mm-hmm. confessions or anything? It, you know, my sister and I and my mom, we could look at each other and go, no. Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about things and we've prayed together. and we've. Mm-hmm. So I think you're exactly right. If there's any area confess it or go to them and and you know talk about it forgive and move on and maybe maybe you know your dad for them they've kind of hardened their heart but listen listen it it's not what they do it's how you respond you know and so you can be the one to forgive and offer grace and offer mercy and you can be the one to say hey whenever that time comes hey there is nothing you know we've laid it out and and we know where they stand with the lord i know where i stand with them in relationship and, and we're good. And that's a good feeling. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, absolutely. holy cow. I, I just feel there's a lot of people who, who've come up during this time, whether it's at visitation or funerals or emails or something, and they just said, you know, I, I didn't have that relationship with my dad. I wish I did. And, and to be able to talk with him and process mm-hmm. with him on the forgiveness side, but even process on, okay, now it's your opportunity. Oh, that's a new ministry opportunity that God's oh, opened yeah. up for you yeah. because of this season of loss in your life. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. All right, so the question we ask everybody at Men's Leadership Memory Series, <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, you know, I want my legacy to be that I love Jesus. Uh, I want my legacy to be that I love my wife. Um, I want my legacy to be that I love my kids. And I want my legacy to be that I love this church. Mm-hmm. You know, I want my legacy to be about love. Um, you know, I think we get one chance, right? We get one opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I want people to say, Hey, he may not have been great at a lot of things, but, you know, one thing he did well was he loved people, and he loved Jesus with all of his heart. And I think that's what it comes down to when Jesus was asked, you know, what's, out of the 613 laws in the Old Testament, you know, if you were to boil it down, what's the most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And, and I think for us, we, we forget that a lot of times. And, but if I can wake up every day and say, God, I, it doesn't matter what else I accomplish today, if I love you more and if I love the people around me more, then, then I've had a successful day. And, and I want that to be my legacy. That's a fantastic legacy. I hope so. I pray so. Uh, give us two more takeaways. What is it that, that we need to think about and know uh, as we deal with the death of somebody that we love? Mm. I, I would say these two things. Number one is I don't know how people make it without Jesus. Absolutely. And, and I don't know how people make it without community. So... One of the big takeaways for me, and I think this happens anytime there's a, there's a death in the family or a crisis that happens, we always uh, have to come to a moment of introspection. So I would just say, where are you spiritually? You know, where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Has there been a time that as God's drawn you to himself that you've said yes and you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, his son? Uh, and that's the big takeaway, right? Because this world, I mean, it, it goes so fast, right? It's a, it's, it's a vapor. I mean, we look back and we're like, where did the last 20 years go? You know, it just, it just flies by. And so, but what, but what matters is eternity. And what matters is Christ. And Christ goes on forever. And so, where are you spiritually? And then, do you have community? And if you're not involved in a church, I would just say, hey, find a church. You know, get around people who are going to make you better. Get around people who are going to walk with you through good times and through tough times. And you don't have to, you know, raise kids alone. Or you don't have to try to work out your marriage alone. That there's people who are who can walk with you. And so that's, that's one big takeaway. I'd say the second takeaway is invest in what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about what really matters. And, 
you know, as guys, we just get caught up and and whether it's sports, and man, we can quote statistics from everybody, or whether it's the stock market, and we know exactly what's going on, or whether we spend all of our time on, on things, and it's fine as an outlet, but it's not going to last, right? And so invest your time and your life in what matters, um, because you get one shot, you get one opportunity, and it goes quick, and so let's just make the most of it. Those are good, good takeaways. I hope so. You said your parents have been married for how long? 58 and a half years. 58 and a half. That's the next interview. We just need to interview your mom and say, okay, tell us what he did. Yeah. Um, and, and so we can learn that. <laughs> How did you do it? Because I want to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I appreciate wow. it. Um, man, I love these times. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's the topics that are so personal, not only just to us as believers, but us as men. Yeah. Like, how are we walking through this life and providing resources for, for us to know um, how, how to deal with the challenges, but also how to celebrate the successes. Mm. Um, it's significant. And this is one not to miss. And not just the death of a loved one, um, but the death of a father. Yeah. It's a significant thing in it, the life of every man. Yeah. And so, can I pray for you and yeah. for your family? Yeah, thank you. God, we tell you today that mm. you are um, an infinite, perfect, loving, holy father. Mm. Um, and I thank you for that. Um, God, I thank you so much for Jeff um, and his leadership and his investment in us as a church and us. Mm particularly as men. And, and so, Father, I celebrate what you've done in him um, through his dad mm. um, and the life that Mr. Lamar lived um, mm. and the marriage that he had and the investment that he made in his kids. And so, Father, we are reaping the blessings of what you did through him, um, through his family. And, and so thank you for that. Um, Father, I pray that you would be with Jeff in, in the coming weeks mm. and months as he continues to grieve and to process what this loss means long term. Um, I pray for him as he ministers and cares for his mom, um, who's now a widow for the first mm. time. God, I pray that you would love and comfort her, um, and you would do that through Jeff. You would do that through Kathy and through Lisa and through the mm. kids. And, Father, I just pray that um, as a church, mm. um, you would help us to pay attention. Um, you would help us to pay attention um, to this godly grief that's happening in the Simmons family. Um, so when that hits us, we'll know better how to do it well um, in a way that honors you um, and in a way that fully trusts you. Um, you're a good and loving mm. father. And we thank you for giving Jeff a good and loving father and for allowing us to see you more through him. It's in the name of your perfect son, Jesus, that we pray and that we ask blessings on this time. Amen. Amen. Thanks Amen. for doing this today. Hey, that was yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And guys, thanks for joining in. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for you and uh, Pastor Nick is as well. Because yeah. you guys, I mean, you're, you're walking it and you're living it. And so when you go through tough times, just know you're not alone. And uh, just know we're cheering you on as you lead in your marriage, as you lead in your family, as you lead in your community, as you lead in your workplace, as you lead in your church. And uh, you are impacting so many people's lives. And so we're thankful for you and proud of you. And I uh, also just want to encourage you, we have live events that will be coming up in the next uh, little bit. And so jump in and be a part of it live, MLN. Also, we'll have these podcasts that are happening. And if it's helpful to you, refer it to a friend. Maybe you know somebody who's going, going through a tough time or, or even the death of a loved one. Hey, let them know about this. And let's minister to other people well. Appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great day. And God bless.